They have me fucking staying at what I can only not so lovingly describe as the divorced dad hotel. Okay. It's You're in one of the like they talk about like stand up comedians talk about whatnot where like places will rent an apartment and they just let people roam through it so constantly. This is worse in some ways. Like I don't yeah. get me wrong, like I I'm here for six weeks, five weeks on this podcast goes up. But like they have me in an extended state. It's a Marriott residence or a residence in Marriott or something. I don't know what it's actually called. But like it's it's essentially kind of like a studio apartment that just has someone from the hotel come in every once in a while and like clean up after me because I'm a filthy pig monster kind of thing. And some people I work with understand the joke of, hey, I'm staying at the divorced dad hotel. And then the older people that are in like their 40s and 50s get like super confused and offended when I call it the divorced dad hotel. <laughs> well, I mean, that's precisely what that setup is the in between of I don't need an apartment because I don't want to get into a lease if my wife's going to, my ex is going to take me back. Yeah. But I need better than a hotel stay and probably for longer. Yeah, so I've only been here a couple of days. I've definitely had some moments of like, <laughs> moments of like, man, this is a little too like midlife crisis. Like, it doesn't help that like my rental is a fucking Chevy Impala and shit like that. Where it's <laughs> like, like man, like this is some real weird shit. The Impala, or at least in the I think the '90s, the Impala was the like most uh, rented, like most sold rental car to rental companies. Um, it so I guess that makes sense be. that you have one now. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm willing to believe that that's what where Impalas go to die. Oh no, this is a new one, but it's 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 like kind of like it's there's a whole series of cars that like you don't think are like kind of okay cars, and like this is some weird. I want something that feels sporty, but like because I'm splitting my money two ways, I can't afford something really cool of a car. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing about what I'm doing while I'm here just has this weird feeling of like, man, I wish my wife would have taken me back so far. <laughs> Is the like, parking lot just lined with Mustangs? Uh, no, like and, and don't get wrong, like, Mustangs. I, I'm I'm projecting some just kind of more of my like I don't totally want to be in upstate New York because it's upstate New York, but yep, and I'm used to the luxuries that are L.A. kind of situation, but mm-hmm. like. Your Super 7-Elevens? Well, yeah, and I had the pinnacle moment today. Where So we have this podcast. Like, it's dumb stuff like I the, the room comes with the equipment to cook, but, like, no way to store anything you might cook. And there's nothing near my office I'm out here working out of. So I have to bring lunch every day. So I'm like, okay, I'll get, I'll, I'll get some stuff. I'll cook. Like, I'll, I'll break the sad dad path I'm on right now. But so I go into um, CVS, I think, to buy stuff. And I'm like, gosh, I got this podcast. I guess I'll buy, like, you know, those pre-made meals, some Tupperware, some shampoo, and some soap. And the guy checking me out gives me this look of, like, it's okay, man. Everyone gets divorced. (laughs) You're getting pity looks? Oh, it was, I'm like, I I don't deserve this. (laughs) I'm a real member of, I'm like, it's not what you think. I can I'm a go contributing back member of society with a stable relationship with another human being. I can go home anytime I want. Like, actually <laughs> home. I'm here to visit others, even. Yeah, People want bit. me to swing by. 
yeah, it's like, I, I was brought out here to do a job. Like, I get to leave. You live here. <sighs> it's okay. It's, it's okay, buddy. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 78. We're back down two people because, well, me and Jeff don't negotiate with hostages, even if they are the multi-legged arachnid or whatever the fuck scorpion is kind. And, well, as much as we'll miss Alex when that scorpion probably pops one in his, in his knee cap for disobeying him for the last time, we will not negotiate. Yep, uh, there will be no prisoner exchange. We will not meet your demands. We are not providing you with any amount of unmarked bills that we totally can't trace and or a helicopter to anywhere so take that you can keep him we don't want him he's yours do whatever you spiders do with full-sized humans get him to the snake i hear you have an alliance ah yes that that is definitely a very good olive olive branch between those two groups yeah well so i'm charlie aka mordak aka a variety of other things starting with mordak joined by jeff aka unvert un yeah, on Vader Gur. I'm off to a good start on pronouncing things this week, it seems. <laughs> it's okay. I've been told that October's dyslexic uh awareness month, apparently. I didn't realize you and I got one. Fair. I it's an awareness month for everything, at least a day. Like I Yeah. Someone, like th- there was some day recently, like, it's this day, and I'm like, that's not a day you should have. <laughs> no. But yeah, no. Speed speed I don't know how I wound up with this job in like any level of content creation because talking is definitely not one of my skills i'd put on my resume (laughs) (laughs) talking uh i've heard of it but can you do it hmm is this a trick question (laughs) to myself to the voices in my head yeah do you want me to talk like like to you i I know that's what we're doing right now but i don't know when this will end (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, so how have you been, Charlie? I have not been bad. I have been in transit. I think we've talked the last couple of weeks about how I will be uprooting my life for six weeks. Um, the time this Since goes up, the... close. So after make... your months, I say after your months of studying in Aperture Laboratories, you finally got your teleporter working. Uh something like that. I, if a teleporter is known as a United Airways flight that has to route through um Chicago, then yes, I. I, I, I did get to do that. It was one of the... Something happened on that flight that's never happened to me before on a plane, and I'm not, like, part of me still having a hard time with it. I, oh? So, we're coming into land, and, like, we get, like... You know that point where you're like, okay, we're obviously going to land. Like, you can see the ground rushing up to greet you, and you're like, okay, we're landing now. So, we're doing yes. that, and suddenly, the, like, we suddenly start climbing real steep, real fast, and... Most people didn't realize how close we were to the ground when that happened, but I was looking at a window, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So the pilot faked, like, pump faked you? Kind of. I think what we got on the radio, we got on the, not radio, what the intercom system had said was there was a plane on the runway that wasn't supposed to be there. Which, I'm like, so we almost just hit a fucking plane is what you're saying, dude. Almost had a head-on with one plane into another? I guess. 
Air traffic to ground control. Uh, I hate to make an acknowledgement, but there appears to be a fucking object in the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. It's roughly the size and shape of another plane. Uh, could you look into that? So then they wound up circling for another 10 minutes. And the issue is, like, once you've put two and two together, that you were almost involved in an aviary hit and run kind of scenario, the rest of the flight is not going to go well. Like, it could be the smoothest, most, like, buttery wonderful flight ever and you're still like tense in your seat being like what the shit just happened yo yeah no these and plans will not be getting out and exchanging insurance numbers when those two things hit each other no so the issues are probably was kind of a shitty pot so we circled poorly too where i'm like man this is some this is some real bad flying in a circle I, I'm no professional pilot. I just pretend to be one in Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous, but you know, I can go around a stationary object better than this. <laughs> yeah, no, that is fucking terrifying. I'm yeah, so sorry, dude. That that was my getting here. It, it, and it's one of those dumb things where like you never think about like what happens if a plane hits another plane on the runway until it almost happens and you're like, I gotta think about that one some like Obviously, the everyone dies. You think that they're going to hit each other. It's like the runway, like the runway is devoid of anything. It's like, who left a plane here? Yeah, you know, Johnny, did you leave the plane on the tarmac again? I told you to put all your planes away in the toy box mm -hmm. hangar. Like, <laughs> yep, that. That's how do what planes it feels get like. into high speed collisions? They're carted around by little cars that move twenty miles an hour. Yep. 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 I, I, in the weirdest way possible, the first thing that went through my brain, we started pulling up, like, oh, we just got hijacked. Great. Mm -hmm. Just got grand theft out. Someone ran up on the ran up on the plane, like got in, threw the pilot out. He's like, this plane's mine now. Mm -hmm. the, the car alarm starts going off like you're on Real Tournament 2014. Yep. Basically. Yep, yep, no. Well, I'm glad you made it safe and yeah. your plane was not taken over by anyone. Yeah. Other I, than it's currently or it's presently in control shitty pilot. Yep. <laughs> but beyond that, I have been playing some video games. Uh I've been playing the Destiny 2 a little bit. I've been playing more of the uh Pokin for Switch stuff. Um that's a good that's, that's a real good plane game. It's an even yeah, better plane game. Excellent. It's an even better plane game when the little child next to you keeps trying to grab your switch and you eventually get to hit him in the head with your elbow by accident. Oh God! Get your own. I wasn't so much that it was like the kid kept grabbing it and pull. It. So the thing I kept wondering if you could do, if like someone were to grab the screen and pull, if you could easily separate it from the nunchucks or whatever they're called, the, the joy cons. Oh, yeah, because you were worried you totally about people can. stealing these. Yeah, like it's my my plan to go about thieving these fuckers is not only legit; it's so legit like a four year old can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about Cuphead some though. I like I said, I've been playing that. I I got mixed feelings about that game. It's real cool looking. I I'm really digging the style and the animation of that. Like that thing. Like, we do game of the year, so we typically acknowledge like games as art. And I was probably gonna like push for Persona because, good lord, those menus and that battle interface are like some of the sexiest stuff I've ever seen. But. Cuphead's real pretty looking, and the sound is real cool, and some of the stuff they do is real impressive, and I don't know if I like that game or not. Mm -hmm. I That is a game that needs to have an easy mode, because, like, I've... 
on one hand, I, I I like it. It's cool. It's fun that a game that looks like that is like stupid Dark Souls hard. But at the same time, like that is a game. It needs like, to be more approachable. I, that is a game my girlfriend would love to play because it's totally up her alley with the design and stuff like that. And I'm not saying like give her like a Yoshi's Woolly World level of challenge where you could just make it so you could flutter in the air infinitely. But like, I have a hard time recommending this game to people that aren't like looking for like the new hard shit because this is like this game is hard. Like this game is really genuinely hard and I've heard some people like oh we got hoodwinked by it and shit and you know I can really see that being a reaction to this thing because it's a little bit brutal Mm -hmm. it looks very much like uh, Contra yeah another game not exactly regarded as being easy that's a that's a comparison lots of people make. It's got some shmup feelings to it too, like Ikaruga occasionally, which is a real weird comparison to make. I I don't typically like side-scrolling platformers, but at the same time, I the game could get by on just its art alone, and the fact it's kind of a really cool game on top of that is kind of neat. But mm-hmm. at the same time, that game. Uh, it, it's too hard. Like it's the, uh, it, it's it's just too hard because like the game that people, the people that really want to play the diagram and it's not hitting the center enough. You think? Well, I, don't get me wrong. I, there's a time and a place. Like there's something kind of cool about a game being like that subversive. About it's like no, this game like looks for it's like for kids, but it's like punch yourself in the nose hard kind of thing. Like. This thing is a controller destroyer, potentially. It can get that hard at some t- points. And, like, it's kind of weird that a lot of my interaction with it as a result has been me been trying to find ways to, well, make it less hard. Like, uh, they have homing bullets in the game you can use for your gun, and I just use that so I can hold... Like, literally, I hold down the fire button and then move around like this. My, bu- my bullets will get there. It doesn't matter anymore kind of thing. Like, I have, I've made this game a little more playable for me. Mm-hmm. Which, like, it's it kind of sucks that that's what you have to do, but that's also kind of what I had to do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I it's neat, like that that the game's real pretty, and it's really hard to not feel bad about yourself when a bunch of speedrunners are like acing these fights, but like. Don't get me wrong, that thing is hard. If you're going into that thing like, oh, I'm going to have some fun, going to play with like some other people, uh, uh, like that game starts off hard and gets harder. I mean, you are the man who made a drinking game out of Bloodborne. I I could I could see some unsafe, terrible, bad drinking games coming out of this. See, that's the difference. I've it. Like, I... <sighs> When it comes to game like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that, they are, they're hard. I've never once thought of them as unfairly hard, though. Like it's when it comes to those games, I'm always aware of why I died. Like I fucked up, I overused my stamina and stuff like that. There is, and I'm not saying Cuphead is cheap, but there's definitely some moments where it's like, it's really game, really like it's. 
to start off like the key bindings, literally the key bindings for the game are bad and make the game harder to play because someone didn't think through what that game is before they made it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you you can't shoot, jump, and dash at the same time because they like they all require the same thumb to press them. So as a result, it's like oh, it's like well, how do you fix this? You rebind everything. But what if I you rebind everything? What if I you fix the controllers to make this game better? Hmm. Yeah, it's I I don't know. Like it's it's really cool. The art's really solid. It's it, it's fun. Like it's. And when you do beat a boss, you do feel like, yeah, I fucking did that. And, like, there's so many cool touches in the game. But, like, it feels like one of those things where, like, normal mode should be for the people that want that. I just want to see the boss fight. I just want to see what that game is because it's gorgeous. And it's, like, rarely I want to see the rest of a game just to see the rest of a game kind of situation. But that's where Mm -hmm. that game leads me. Where I'm like, I will definitely play more of it. I will try and beat that. But... I'm not kidding myself. I don't have the patience or like the willingness to dedicate myself to that game to get that mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that style of game that much. And yeah. It reminds me a lot of I want to be the guy. I wouldn't go that far. That game's designed to be shitty. Like we played that on the channel. There's a video of me and Alex playing the game or Alex tricking me with that game. But yeah, I, I don't Alex know. It's tricked you with that one. I didn't. I'd never heard of that game before we played it. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Wow, what an asshole! <laughs> I, it's not a bad video. <laughs> one of my friends described the game as is it's asshole Mario. Yeah, it. That's, First time I showed it to them. Yeah, that's about right. That is within the realm of rightness, but yeah, like it's. This game definitely has a target audience of some people will be fucking into it, and this game should totally exist for those people. I I wish there was an easy mode or something that just made it so my girlfriend could play it because, like, she is the person you want playing this because she will play it for the art and she doesn't play video games kind of thing. Like, as much Mm -hmm. fun as Girlfriend Games is, like, we were gonna do a Girlfriend Games for this game, and... I had to cancel it because it's like, no, this just, this won't go well because what you're going to want is to see the stuff and this game will not let you see the stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does it not have easy mode or is it? It's got this thing called simplified. And the issue is, I don't think maybe it may, maybe simplified is a little bit easier. Not so much. So, that if you're having a hard time with the main game, it'll make it easy enough that you can progress. And you can't beat the game on Simplified. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, okay. I, that's what I've been up to lately. I, I've been reading a book, actually, that will, will kind of play into our main topic. But so, whenever I travel, I try and pick up at least one book to read. And I, as a metalhead, I, whenever they come out and there's never a good one, I love reading kind of the recorded histories of various metal stuff and the 35th anniversary of metal blade records happened this year and their founder put out kind of an autobiography and or history of metal blade records and it's a wild read it's it's pretty short i think i I read it for about eight hours and i'm more or less done with it and it's a lot of fun like if you're into metal and you've always wondered what like 
what it would be like to start a heavy metal label at that point. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of Heavy Blade, it's got some cool stuff. Like it's it's just full of stories of him. Like that time me and Lars Eldritch were hanging out, and it's like, man, I, you should like I'm gonna start a band. Whatever, Lars. Whatever. Hmm. We're kind of in the garage stage right now, but I swear we'll get there. No, like so. The other book I read was Louder Than Hell, which is kind of similar to this, which was much more of a kind of recorded spoken word history of metal this was very much this guy named brian who founded metal blade being like yes yeah, so um I-, I met lars like hanging out at some own else's show and he was some kid that was just wearing a um saxon shirt and i'm like holy shit you know who saxon is bro huh no one knows who the fuck saxon is mm-hmm. like if the book is to be believed and i no reason to lie about it. Like, this guy is indirectly responsible for creating Metallica. <laughs> nice. He's like, yeah, I was friends with James and friends with Lars. I introduced the two, and they're like, yeah, cool, go hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's this great part where it's like they're hanging out at Lars's place at one point, and, like, one of the guy's friends is like, Lars is like, I'm going to start a band. I'm going to be the drummer. I'm going to be huge. And his friend's like, sure you are, Lars. Sure you are. Mm-hmm. Got that drum kit in your uh, in your closet. Good for you, bro. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fun if you're into that kind of stuff. I, it's cheap. It's fun. I, it's it's interesting to read. I love this type of stuff because it's like you always know there's some weird stuff that went down behind these stories, and it's just full of that stuff. Like I, I hope to someday read a behind the story scenes biography of fucking Rockstar Games because. Again, a company full of weird mythos and crazy town stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a pretty wild story. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Jeff? So, um, for starters, this weekend I went to Improv Boston oh. uh, to support. I had a friend who was uh, performing in it, and I went there with my roommate, and um, before the show started, I turned to my roommate, and I'm like, hey... You know how our friend's in this? He's like, yeah. I'm like, if either of us get called up to do improv with him, give him a fake name. Um, <laughs> So we we never got the opportunity to, but we immediately intended to absolutely screw with our friend and try and like throw off, throw them off. And uh, I invented the entire backstory to this like guy named Mark that I made up. This is going to be some dickhead from Gloucester. Like, yeah, I'm from Gloucester. You may have seen me on Wicked Tuna once or twice. I'm the poor guy in the fucking background not getting paid and being shit on by fucking seagulls. And just, like, go off crazy. Um. Then other than that, a lot of my weekend actually got really, really, like, not fun. Because I went and did uh, a t- project for my parents that's known as the Dreaded Christmas Card Project. Uh, which wound up being 12 hours of IT for my parents' veterinary clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took a long effing time, and uh, me and my friend did that. And it was a fun day, but there's no no funny stories that happen there. Sure. Um, and then I proceeded to, that weekend, I absolutely slept like the dead, because I was just like, I haven't, between like hockey, dancing, and like staying up to record this podcast, typically... I just, like, lost so much fucking sleep. Then 
I sent out my goalie helmet for hockey to get repaired, and uh, I managed to tweak the shit out of my neck following pucks behind the net and, like, looking left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, and then one time I looked right and my neck just went, nope, I'm mad at you now. <laughs> so I've been fucked up for, like, a week with this one. Um, then uh, I'm going to end on a funny one, and the last things are going to be, like, nerd video game related. Um, which is what I'm supposed to do. So my roommate went to a fair out here in New Hampshire, because we do have, we have, you got to go see the fair. Which one'd you go to? Uh, I'm not telling you that much. Um, but my friend went to a fair and PETA activists came to protest the pig scramble. You, I know exactly what fair you went to. Uh, You probably do. I've been to that um, fair many a time. <laughs> uh, but the uh, for those who don't know, the pig scramble is they take a piglet and they let it loose in a pen and then they take a whole bunch of like eight and ten year olds and get let them try and catch it. Spoiler, the pig outruns the kids. It's a pretty metal event. They used to grease the pigs up too. <laughs> sure. Um, but this isn't even like one of those things where like no one was no one's really riding animals and I'm sure there was someone, or I heard that they protested the oxen and the horse pull, because yep. I'm sure without question that is that actually is animal cruelty. Eh. Um, but the pig scramble is where they decided to really put their stake in the ground. They wanted to protest the 10-year-old, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so They've been doing that for things. years. What? They've been doing that for years. Oh. Last year when I was there, they weren't. Um, but, uh, so, you know how you told me there was a book called Detective Nauto? Yeah. So it arrived. Ah. <laughs> or a game so, called Detective Nauto, you mean? No, it's a novel. I didn't know this was a novel. I thought it was a game. Yeah, no, it's a book. Um, so, fortunately, because I am learning Japanese, I will one day be able to read this little thing, but I do not believe that there is an English version available in general. So, until further notice, I have a book I can't read, and I've been going through, they've added, like, some pages or pictures, but out of, like, the 350-page book, maybe 10 total have pictures on them, hmm. and I've been pseudo-trying to extrapolate what this story could be about based on them, and so far, I can't tell if this book decided that the Persona series might have needed a mech pilot in it, so I really don't know what I'm in for when I can finally actually start reading this thing. Um, because I can read a little bit, but I don't have nearly enough words or a strong enough handle on kanji to start actually just reading a book that just isn't in English. Sure. Um, if it had like Japanese sprinkled in, okay, yeah, I'm I'm good. But it no, it's pure Japanese. Like, Which okay, makes well, sense. The Japanese this, book. Yeah. yeah. So this is gonna be my uh, summit book. This is my first book. I'm gonna try and read someday. So <laughs> I got that. And then this may come as a surprise, but I turned on this game you may have heard of. Uh, hmm, what is it? Planet Occument? No, no, no. Uh, Celestial uh, Civilian? Elite Dangerous? No. Star Citizen? Ah, that thing. So I did actually turn it on. Unfortunately, I didn't have much time to actually play the game. So I wound up getting lost in the spaceport. Yep, that's what you do. That's what that's what that's what yep. game is right now. 
Yep, I got lost in the spaceport. I summoned my ship. Unfortunately, because my computer is really like six years old, um, I proceeded to get in my ship, fly it straight into a wall, go, okay, what are the controls? And the thing continued to scream at me like, danger, home reach, danger, proximity warning, please stop crashing into something. And I'm like, I don't know how to turn the thrusters off. Yep. And <laughs> I basically just nose grinded on the side of the free, the, the uh, spaceport until I exploded, <laughs> which put me into a new location within the free port where I proceeded to scratch my head and go, now how the fuck do I get back to my ship? You can jump super far. Hmm? You can jump across the giant gaps in the spaceport. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I figured that out. I'm like, okay, look, well, my ship's over there. I guess I'll try jumping. Holy shit! <laughs> this is better than flying! So, I, I turned the game on. I did have some fun. I am really lost, and I am getting sick of being lost. Yeah. But I'd really get, like to get to the being in the ship's part. 3.0 comes out soon. That will probably be when I go... Okay, it's time to learn what the fuck this game actually is. Yeah. But a lot of the, like, just the minute details, like, the level of, like, when you go third person, the game, the character, like, follows your mouse. Yeah. And doesn't turn their body until they finally reach a point their neck can't reach. Yeah, it's a little weird. And, like, yeah. And then, like, looking down, I was expect, or, I was really surprised to notice I had hands. Because yeah. I'm used to in video games, like, okay, yeah, they invented the, like, battlefield look down. Woo, I got legs. Look at me go. Look at them legs run. Yep. And then this game's like, no, you're, you're neck down, dude. There's a rest of a body here. Well, so you know why they're doing that shit. with the hands, right? No. So for added immersion in three, on 3.0, when you go to interact with stuff, you can just hold F to, like, go into interact mode. And instead of having to remember how to activate stuff, you can just move your hand. You can just move your hand physically over the button to press stuff. Oh, that's awesome! It's pretty cool, yeah. So it's going to be regular garden variety interactivity meets uh, was it Surgeon Simulator? I uh, you can do both, which I'm intrigued by. Like it's it purely it's say the the goal is they're like yeah we have some auto lock on and some like easy get to stuff, but the goal is that like if you just can't remember what the buttons are you can just kind of go into hand control mode and press the buttons in real time. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I always remember back to, um, you know the game uh, Doom 3? Yes. You know how you could actually interact with panels and, like, you would go to a panel and then it would switch to a mouse and you could actually, like, do shit? Yeah, and that was horrible. I I loved that. Oh, I was doing it on, the, thought... on a um, controller, which meant it was really a pain in the ass to do. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, the mouse and keyboard, it's seamless. Yeah, it's a mouse. The controller, oh, Jesus, please, God, no, yeah, yeah no, make that stop. Um, But I always like that level of, like, yeah, why can't I just drive the computer? Why do I only get one button? And I'm glad to see that mechanics kind of coming yeah. back. I mean, it's coming back as games are getting more complicated. It's just one of the things to remember is Doom 3 is really fucking far back that they yeah. had that working. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that brings you up to date with me. Uh, the most probably important things to anyone is that I've been trying to extrapolate the plot of a book I can't read, and I turned on Star Citizen. Ah, I welcome back to the verse, I guess. <laughs> Don't go to the subreddit; it's terrible in there. 
Oh, yeah. No, there's no risk of that happening to me. Yeah. I go on five subreddits total. <laughs> porn, porn, and porn. Okay, ten subreddits total. <laughs> porn? All right, so I guess that brings us to our news for this week. Uh, it's a bit of a sparse week. Uh, we covered lots of stuff that a lot of other people miss because of the way we record. But we're going to start it off with uh, the Overwatch Halloween stuff is coming back. Holy shit, it's already been a year since that. Um, wow. Yeah. This felt like the biggest event in Overwatch people really seemed to get into last year. The Dr. Junkenstein stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the first one. It also it was a pretty fun game mode. That game lends itself pretty well to Invasion mod. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, people just kind of went from there with it. Yeah, I, it was the one time I was kind of interested in getting into Overwatch because it was, well, not Overwatch in some ways at that point. I'm like, that's a game I can get behind, but no, nah, it's coming mm -hmm. back for year two. It's good to see they're still supporting it in that way. People seem excited. The new skins seem cool. What more do huh, you want? I didn't realize there's more skins. Yeah, they're adding new stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Well, speaking of adding stuff, um, Xbox players, you finally have access to all of the Destiny 1 content. Congratulations. Sucks uh, to be you a little and bit. I understand that comment. <laughs> I, there was lots of stuff that was locked away as a Sony exclusive for the Xbox or from the Xbox, and the understanding was after a year it would unlock. It's been two years, and a lot of the stuff was still locked away. Is that on... Uh, Destiny 1, Destiny not Destiny 1 2. two. Okay. Destiny 1. Now that makes some sense. Like, what? Yep. Two years did not just blow past me without me noticing. We're in the second year of Destiny 2. It's been weird. A very, it's been a very time travel first two months, or yep. first two weeks. <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of Destiny, congratulations to Dead Orbits, you emo-ass edgelord motherfuckers, for winning the first faction rally. That'll be old news by the time you hear this, but I couldn't stop myself from shitposting a bunch of people that picked put picked fashion over fun guns you people are everything wrong with destiny <laughs> but moving on from that uh, I believe we talked about how a while back steam was implementing a system to prevent review bombing well it got a major test over the weekend or recently I guess maybe not weekend per se when uh, Chinese players started review bombing battlegrounds because they have some shit server connectivity. In other news, I had no clue you could ha access Steam in China. Hmm. I know that I had a friend who was in Japan that uh, they really were into Final Fantasy. It was right when Final Fantasy VII for Steam came out, and I suggested they get it. And it wasn't available in Japan hmm. through Steam. Like, even with or the Japanese Steam accounts, could not get the Final Fantasy games. This was like week one release. I don't know what's changed since then, but I guess there's some level of individual region locking. I mean, your assessment, I didn't know China got Steam is pretty astute. Yeah, I, apparently it's... Yeah, I... 
I guess it really pissed people off is that they're advertising an internet accelerator on the dashboard for Battlegrounds. So that's kind of shitty, but... Wait, what? An internet accelerator? So what you may have missed is that on the dashboard for Battlegrounds, it's basically a website, and there's an ad for an internet accelerator, which is basically a VPN, just sitting there on the dashboard. Ah. Yeah. Not a great look. Yeah. Moving on from that, though, uh, Neo, that Dark Souls Samurai game, is coming to the PC. Not much to say there, except it comes with a weird Valve helmet, which is dumb in the right way. That game was pretty cool if you like Dark Souls games. It got a little too hard for me eventually to keep up with it. But last but not least on our news this week, and probably in a weird way, the biggest news of this week, Sony has announced they're releasing an updated PlayStation VR headset. Okay. This one fixes some issues the original one had, like it's got built-in headphones that you can use or not use. It's got a headphone jack for better headphones, but it has little earbuds built right into it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it also can do, um, it's HDR. Uh, the old one could do 4K. This one's capable of also doing its work with HDR, which means it can be a bit smoother. No word just yet if the whole detection handling parts of it will be any better, but... One might guess it might be, but who knows? Mm -hmm. It's it was kind of only a matter of time to iterate on this, I think, and I think it's it's been a very short matter of time, though. Yeah, I I guess it's one of those ones where I kind of assume that any VR platform you put out was a hey, we're entering the VR marketplace. We have to have something. Mm -hmm. And like the PlayStation VR was a solid first opening. And then once you have more people on it and no longer ideal testing environments, you get some actual feedback of like, hey, um, yeah, the 30 people we put this head on the head of, they have smaller heads than all of Brazil or something. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, we got that That's HDR fair. thing fixed. Why is that a it's big fair deal? To discover that. It's like, why is it? Yeah, it's like little things you can figure out where it's like, hey, this is actually a big deal. It doesn't sound like it, but... We fix this and that. Like, the whole headphone thing, I think, is a pretty big deal because it means there's just less cables everywhere. Are they going to be doing the same thing they do with the PS4 Pro where they're creating a superior product, they're releasing it at the same price point as the original? I don't know. The article did not go into that. Um, I get the impression... Because if more they they're... do, then it would be... Or, not the... I'm assuming it's going to cost more, but if it doesn't, it's going to be one of those good on Sony moments. So, and then this may be a good on Sony moment. This seems to just be replacing the existing PlayStation VR. Ideally, it should. Yeah, that this is the new thing they're doing. So it's like, no, this this is what PlayStation VR is now. If you wanted the old janky one, you can't get that anymore. Sorry. And mm -hmm. it sucks if you just bought a PlayStation VR, but... If you've been thinking about maybe now's the time kind of thing, I'm sure there'll be some holiday sales to either get rid of the old ones or get the new ones in more people's hands. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I I think I've hit a point where, like, it's going to sound real dumb. Because of Star Citizen and some other games I've been playing lately, I'm increasingly intrigued by the potentiality by probably owning a PC-enabled um, headset. And I... I I think I figured out why I don't own one yet. Like, 
we all know me. I'm kind of surprised I haven't pre-ordered an Xbox One X yet, but somehow I've managed to stop myself from doing that. The fact I own a Vive or an Oculus yet is they're not wireless. The first person you can get that down, like, they will announce that, and I will pre-order that the next day. And mm-hmm. the Vive is making strides in that direction, but not, like, it's not, like, many hours of wireless. It's not, like, eight hours of wireless. It's like, yeah, I can do a couple hours. Like, what I really want is, like, hey, um... You got your lithium battery, like you're good to go for like six, seven hours later. Would you be willing to wear like a backpack that wired to only like a few inches away? Not a backpack. Because I mean, but, like having strained my neck from wearing a helmet recently, yeah. <laughs> I do understand. Or eventually, if you have something very large and heavy on your head and you're making large turns, you will eventually regret it. Yeah, I. Not a backpack because what I. Like, in the most selfish kind of weird way, what I want is to be able to set up... Like, I, I have a joystick. I have a joystick that's recommended for games like Star Citizen. I want to be able to kind of set up a chair at a desk, get into, get into a game like that, and just have the thing, like, just roll over you in immersion. Just like, yep, my hand, like, the controls are where they are in-game kind of thing. And, like, I can't see my hands because they're not being digitally rendered if i turn my head left and right i can see out the left and right of my cockpit while not taking my hands off the controls kind of thing Mm -hmm. like that's what i want and we're getting closer to that and like to an extent i'd be okay with like one wire but i want that one wire to run down to like i want a 10 foot long wire that's attached to a little box that maybe all the wires go into the back of that thing but, like, it's not in my way. Like, part of the issue is you have a lot of cables at this point. Mm-hmm. And a lot meaning, like, three or four, typically. But, like, really, one is too many for me, but one I'll accept. More than that, and I'm like, eh, it's chirp hazard. Mm-hmm. I'm not investing in no fancy robot arm to hold my cables up at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now nah, it's it's cool Sony's continuing to do stuff with that. It seems lately that the VR market's been kind of stagnant and stale. Like, you haven't heard anything big except for, like, hey, Palmer Lucky's back. Ain't that great? In I a mean, while the two now. two big releases point. that I cared about for VR were Final Fantasy XV and Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Not because, I mean, Final Fantasy XV, I enjoy the game. I don't, or I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the greatest thing since sliced cake. But I will tell you, it's one of the few VR games that's out there that is a full-fledged game with VR strapped to it. And same definitely goes for Resident Evil 7, where it's... Resident Evil 7 is not a built for... Or I haven't played the VR on it. I absolutely sure shit want to. But it's not like, oh, this game is limited by the VR. Or this game is, you know... Like, they took a game that was already existing and they just kind of shoehorned VR onto it. Like, yeah, no, it this works. game seamlessly works with VR. Yeah. There hasn't really been a big show-stopping AAA, guys, you should strap a VR to your head and play this fucker because no, this game is awesome A bunch in of a people while. have gotten out there and said, like, if you own a PlayStation VR and you don't own Resident Evil 7, you are missing out on a, like, unbelievably important experience. Well, it's like... It's like if you're looking for VR, that game delivers the VR experience you are looking for. You may not like horror games, but that is the most complete VR experience in some ways you can currently have. 
Mm -hmm. You may feel disgusted by your time with it, but that's how effective it's being. Yep. Yeah. Nah. That about does it for news. There's some other small stuff. There's some shakeups at um, Sony's corporate structure, but neither of you are business people, so I didn't feel we were qualified to speculate further on that except to acknowledge, yeah, shit's happening. Yeah, corporate restructuring's yeah, happening. as far as I can get with that. Synergy. I, know, I think I know probably more about Nintendo's power structure than Sony's because Sony doesn't really shove their corporates out and be like, here's Reggie. Reggie <laughs> Fils-Aimé is out there claiming that the, the launch of the Switch was a rousing success, and um, Miyamoto, I think, is still alive. Iwata's definitely dead, but they may unlock a video game based on the anniversaries of his death to do a kind of hand motiony thing, and... Um, that is three more things yeah. than either of us know about Sony. Yeah, that's true. This is true. I mean, I can tell you stuff about Sony as a company. Yeah. They're uh, based in Japan. They're based in Japan. They were, they took off, a, or they were a DVD manufacturer that Nintendo was trying to create a disc-based gaming console CD. with the CD. Nintendo Scrappy. Farther back idea. technology. What? Farther back technology. They were CD initially when they got into that. Oh, I said disc, didn't I? You said DVD. Oh, DVD. Yeah. Sorry, CD company, and they uh, do, and then uh, that went its own way. And then Sony decided we're going to take this idea and we're going to bring it to market with or without you. And then Nintendo tried to open up the door with Philips and did not get very good results. No. But we digress. Because it's yeah, time. Yay, history. For the main topic. It is. Something near and dear to me and Jeff's heart and something that, that has in many ways no bearing whatsoever on gaming, but it's kind of a slow week yeah. and Alex isn't here, so... Me and Jeff get to talk about our passion. What is our passion? Well-timed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm inspired, I guess, by the book I've been reading lately, and I've been kind of, I've been getting into some weird bands lately. I figured me and Jeff would just kind of have it out on the metal. Uh, yes, the metal. The life-sustaining mm -hmm. metal. So yeah, I was gonna say, and if you're not into this topic, you can just shut this this podcast off now. I'm just gonna let week. you go because well, yeah, come back dry. next week. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, there's nothing here for you if you don't want to hear the food about the podcast me next week. I don't metal. know, unless something real cool in gaming happens. Next week's the food podcast. Finally, <laughs> we're breaking that glass. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we've we're we're finally pushing through. It's we are without Alex around. It's like. We we can finally delve into something that's a specifically a specific you and me topic. Yeah. Well, it's also it's it's oh. hard to vamp on a kind of a topic that none of us are like a hundred percent passionate about with just two people. Where it's like, so what do you think about this topic that like neither of us are super into, but it's important to talk <laughs> about? I don't know. Oh, it shit, sucks. We're in Great. <laughs> two out of two. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you want to play devil's um. advocate? Nah. <laughs> Uh, I think that would be dangerous to uh, what people might think of me in my image. <laughs> yeah. No, and the reality um, is we're at the start of October. A ton of games come out between now and the end of October. I'm sure something will go wrong. But yep. for now, we are in a peaceful lull. So. The metal. Uh, I guess I'll kick this one off by saying 
So I've been a metal fan basically somewhere in high school, or I know the exact transition, which was probably my sophomore year of high school. I had always listened to music, but in a weird way, I'd never been like happy with what music had presented to me. Like I didn't listen to it while I did stuff unless it was like already on because music just like for no reason, it just didn't quite click with me. And then someone finally put a metal album in for me. And then I had this like overnight moment of like, that is the thing I've been searching for for years. Give me more and more and more and more of that. <laughs> and that is how I came to just like all at once. I completely fucking discovered metal and just like I would just listen to um I, I am a product of the 90s. I definitely grew up listening to a lot of, like, the 90s new metal. And as I've gotten older, a lot more 80s and uh, uh, 80s heavy metal. Um, and then even further back, a lot of, like, Iron Maiden and shit like that. Sure. Um, a lot of modern acts, a lot of, like, the hardcore scene and whatnot just doesn't click with me. But um, one thing I was going to say is that one of the things I've always adored about metal is that it has this ability to cross-pollinate into literally any other genre, and you can find a band in that genre, and they're fucking good at it. Yeah. Like, Nightwish. You have symphonic, orchestral, uh, what's it called? Opera singer-influenced metal. You've got Skindred. You have reggae-influenced metal. You have Fintroll and Elvady. You have folk metal. Country metal, I'm sure, exists, but I refuse to acknowledge it. Um, for a Cowboy is still a thing, right? <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that country music, but yeah, that, that was a band. Or is it a is. band? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, like, I always love listening to... Um, I'm I really like Japanese metal because it's very interesting to see this thing where you get these bands like the Gazette or Duran Gray where like very clearly they were raised with metal but they weren't brought up on it the same way we were because they don't have the same barometer we have where like we'll latch on to a song and be like oh yeah no this this is definitely the best song in this album but they'll get the same album and they don't have a bigger brother necessarily who's like, oh, yeah, no, this is the breakout song in this album. And they'll, like, it's interesting to see how they just get something slightly different out of the same piece. Um, and they are much more likely to do a lot of, like, funk influence or J-pop influence because yeah, there's a well, lot more of that. You're just talking about cultural differences in music at that point, yeah. though, too. Like, if there's one thing no, no, the Japanese definitely. do is it makes it makes some crazy music occasionally. Yeah, and I absolutely adore that. And the crazy, like, I really like the funk-influenced metal as much as that's, like, a crazy, weird thing to describe. And um, it just has a weird, like, it's slightly rhythmy, but way too fast to be, like, R&B or funk yeah. at the end of the day. It's, like, um, and that's always been one of my, like, well, not necessarily guilty pleasures because I listen to it way too much. Name a but. couple bands if people are curious. Like, I... I know some of the bands you're into, but even I don't know everything that falls in this category that you listen to. So things I listen to a lot of like, so for Japanese, I listen to a lot of Duran Gray and the Gazette are probably the big two. Um, I don't really listen to like 
was it Tokyo X or um say Maximum the Hormones? Lark and Seal. Oh shit, yeah. Maximum the Hormones fucking sick. How could I forget that one? That band um, just is. Yeah, Maximum the Hormones fucking great. Um And then Baby Metal. Uh lest we forget the great baby metal. And I'm really glad baby. they're not as creepy live as I feared they were going to be. I'm really glad yeah. about that. No, definitely, because they have so many good fucking songs, and it's like, I want this J-pop-influenced metal in my life. Can you please make it not creepy and just make it, like, normal? Because yeah. I really like just normal J-pop metal. <laughs> um, And what's actually fun about that band is they are completely embraced by the heavy metal community. Like, every single band's trying to get their picture with baby metal Yeah, they now. went for, it, it started off like, oh, we're going to ironically be cool with this. They're like, nah, they're fine. Yeah. Nah, they're they're one of the crew. Um and Charlie introduced me to Lady Baby, and I need to listen to more of their songs. Because that is the someone decided, okay, we're gonna take baby metal. Okay, yep, got the concept. We're gonna make them older. Okay, yep, no, fine. And we're gonna take what looks like a cross of Andrew WK and a Viking. Yeah. And put him in a maid outfit and throw him in the mix. Yeah. You said Andrew WK in a maid outfit? Did it, I, I don't think I stuttered. Yes, no, that is exactly what I'm looking for here. Picture Andrew W.K., but blonder and beardier. And stockier, so more yeah. Viking-ish. It's more um, Swedish, I guess. Yep, and then after that, I like a lot of, like, Nothing Face, Mud Vein, Slipknot's probably my favorite of all time, tons of Lamb of God, Devil Driver, um... To me, a lot of what's been very is very important to me in metal is I play a shit ton of guitar. I love guitar. I am a mediocre to bad drummer, and I can play drums. And a lot of the drummers, like the guy from Lamb of God or the guy from Devil Driver, their ability to do one beat with their hands and the beat they do with their feet because it's a lot of double bass pedal is so desynchronized and so radical from each other. Like, they just complete, they impress me beyond belief, and they're just such hyper talents. Yeah. And listening to, like, the super amazing drum tracks can almost, like, take me out of, like, the rest of the song. So a lot of the bands I listen to, I'm like, some of these guys are some of the best drummers, I think, that have, like, ever lived. That said, I know, yes, there are better drummers out there. Mike Portnoy walks this earth. But, like, for me, these guys are the best, like, holy shit, you are doing something no one else is, it feels. And just, like, the rest of the band gets to play, but you were in the driver's seat. You were the one who was leading this band, and they get to just hang out. Another drum solo, really? Yes! Well, it's not even drum solo. It's just, like, the rhythm sections are just have so much just, like, attack to them. Yeah. And a lot of, um... What always really impresses me is uh, you'll hear a ton of it in Lamb of God is he'll do something like a four beat that'll be like one, two, three, four and then he'll blend in like double speeds. So it'll be like one, two, three, four. Like, so it has this like this like ramped up thing which is stupid hard to do when you're doing this with your feet. And it's actually hard to explain out how hard it is to actually play a double bass pedal because you're never fully having both feet on the ground. So you're actually like levitating above your chair, trying to move your feet up <laughs> and down. It's actually way more fucky than it seems. Drums That's are an image. fucking hard, dude. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that's just kind of like a grab bag of metal bands I like. Um, trying to think there. Yeah, you're significantly to, like, more tolerant like, of new metal than I am. Oh, well, it's what I yeah. grew up in. Like, literally, that was, like, what was going on in the world when I was listening to metal. Um, and getting introduced, and then and as I've gotten older, I've gotten into more, like, I, I like Slayer, Metallica, um, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, uh, Black Sabbath, you know, a lot of these more, like, historically important bands, Anthrax. I've never uh, been able to fully come around on Megadeth. Yeah, it it seems to be either you like Metallica or you like Megadeth. They're similar I enough that like, you have one preferred version of it. Yeah. For me, it's just I don't, or I hope this doesn't get us flamed, but Dave Mustaine's voice just doesn't do it for me. No, I, 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 I think Not that, in that's like, I know it. he's, yeah, he's crazy talented. It's just, it's just not my deal. Yeah. No, I, I wound up being a metal fan in a kind of a weird way where, uh, there used to be a kid from down the street that used to help my parents out by picking me and my sister up from school, and uh, he refused to listen to anything that was popular at the time, so there was, there was this kind of funky Venn diagram of, of CDs that had enough lyrics that went over me and my sister's head, and we were like, God, I think I was eight or something at the time, and kind of stuff he could play for us, because like, no, no, it's like, yes, it's horrible stuff, but like, they're not going to repeat it, and or they don't know what's happening, so it doesn't matter. So, I, I got really into System of a Down when I was way too young to listen to System of a Down, and because again, oh, yeah. my System parents, of a Down it, is a lot of people's gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, but like it's he, he was a oddly enough this guy was a big Fish fan, but was also a big fan of kind of very specific metal acts. Like didn't like Disturb, but he was a huge Carcass fan, and as a result, for a long time, I was a weirdly <laughs> big Carcass fan. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd... wow, you're. Or I have another story after you. You can go. Sure. No, it, it was very much kind of it. I started it. I started off in the very heavy, very guttural stuff. Like, I don't know a lot of twelve-year-olds that knew what Chimera was, or that there were two of them. Mm-hmm. And I, it was really weird because it was around that same time that like corn took off in a really uncomfortable way, and you had a bunch of people that were like really into corn that were like into it for like oh I'm edgy and I'm into corn now and I'm like that's adorable mm -hmm. I only listen to the finest Swedish sludge metal what's that I don't even <laughs> fucking know Japanese drone metal <laughs> don't look that stuff's real bad <laughs> that's real bad <laughs> yeah things that are better than drone metal subway Most cars anything. colliding the sound of like just metal on metal screeching. That noise Freddy Krueger's claw makes yeah. on steam pipes. <laughs> yeah. Your death, that might be better than than that stuff. Your own terminal screaming. Yeah. <laughs> your mortal coil being ripped from your body. <laughs> the pop um, of your bones slowly being compressed in a meat compactor. Yeah, that Drone pedal's real bad. So, what I was going to say is one of the acts that I was introduced to way too young, that was one of like the first bands I was introduced to, oh. was Guar. See, because... Guar is the... In its own weird, fucked-up way, Guar is the most family-friendly of metal, 
Because, like, right off the <laughs> bat, you of. know it's farcical. Well, I did not know that. Oh. So, <laughs> here's how I was introduced to Guar. So, I used to go to this one war, uh, games workshop to play Warhammer 40k. And one of the guys who like worked the there was a... Like Oh, yeah. One of the guys who worked there was a diehard Guar fan. And he would play Scumdogs of the Universe all the time when they... um When, uh... He would play it on low through the speakers there and... His man when his manager wasn't around, he was like, "Yeah," or, and they were all like, "Hey, do you like like hard rock kind of stuff?" And at the time, it was like I still hadn't been introduced to metal yet. It's like, "Oh yeah, no, I like you know, music with a little more distortion." And like, "Okay, here, try this Guar thing." I was like, "This thing's awesome." Um, and I didn't know it was farcical. Like, I literally started with like the album, and I thought when I went to the store, it was the only album they had of Guar's was <laughs> War Party. So I got it, and I'd seen albums like Some 41's Does This Look Infected? So I was like, oh, this is just them doing a crazy photo shoot, and this was just a funny photo op or something. Yeah. And I didn't realize all that, and I was just like, wow, I just like this music. And that was kind of the funny thing is I always liked Guar for the music. I didn't even know their shtick. <laughs> and then I wound up discovering, oh, so they look like that. Huh. <laughs> Okay, so I I got a funny Guar story for you. So Go for the it. first introduction I ever got to Guar, um, I think it's Ice T, but it was one of the rappers that was big at kind of the '90s, 2000 era. It used to have this show on VH1 at like 1 a.m. in the morning or something like that. It was just him. That's like, when the only good things happen on VH1. I, yeah, apparently, but like it was him and this blonde chick named Coco, I think, or something. And it was, like, him talking about shit that, like, he just liked. And, like, the first half of the show was, like, him talking about his favorite vintage pornography. And his second half of the show was, like, just him talking about just, like, shit, like, video games or, like, movies he'd seen recently he thought were pretty cool. And the final part was, like, some weird-ass shit. He's, like, things you should know about. And at the age, I think I was 10 when I found out about this show. And... I would stay up and sneak downstairs to watch it because, like, something As about it was mesmerizing. And, and because of that show, I got introduced to Gwar. Nice. And I, I really hope it's Ice-T because I remember this, it's this great moment where it's, like, it's whoever the host was just talking about Gwar and being like, it's not my thing, man, but, like, shit if you can't respect how goddamn weird this is. <laughs> and they're just showing music videos and like shit from concerts and I'm like this isn't a real band this is some VH1 trickery that was probably right about the time that I think the music video for Sadama Gogo got probably because I know Beavis and Butthead watched the Sadama Gogo video probably like and on top of that like then whoever his like sidekick was for the show like he's like you don't know Gwar starts naming all the band members and I'm like what the shit's going on this doesn't make any mm. goddamn sense. Like, they're, they're, this is obviously fake, but they're acting like it's real. What? Mm. Yep. Fla flash forward, I moved to L.A., and I get the chance to go see Guar, and I'm like, I'm going to go do that, because I remember back when I was 10, I watched the show, and they were like, dude, if you ever get a chance to go see Guar, fucking go see Guar. And I listened. They didn't make the, like, the list of 500 things to do before you die for no reason. Yeah. 
No, in the book I'm reading, they get covered pretty heavily because Metal Blade at one point managed Guar, and like they, the the the, the, bio, the biographer of the book talks about the time that Guar showed up at the Grammys in full outfit, and like some elderly usher lady was like, "Do they have tickets? Then I guess they can come in." Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Grammys were pretty stuck up at one point, but yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it, it was weird because I had no good access to new music, so anything I could find that I kind of liked, I just latched on to. So, and, like, for some bizarre reason, I had access to, like, the deathiest of death metal and, like, worked my way backwards. Hmm. And, like, n- nowadays, I definitely, if, if you're going for hardcore metal stuff, I definitely listen to the, I'm not going to call it the softer end of the spectrum, but the significantly less legit... As much as I enjoyed Goat Whore at one point, I'm just not sure I can take another Goat Whore CD. <laughs> That's actual Satanism. Yeah. Or actually Satanist bands. The number of shows I've been to which is like, oh, I guess this band's I guess these bands are Satanists. Huh. Didn't know that. Okay. Does that change anything? No. Mm. Just never prepared to find out your your current favorite band is a bunch of Satanists. Hmm. Doesn't change anything. Okay, that's actually a pretty good story. So, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio for a show, and I one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called El Wadey, partially because, like the Dropkick Murphys, they do lots of kind of crazy Celtic stuff in a genre I enjoy, partially because I just think that band is fucking amazing live, and I just dig what they're up to. So, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio to see them, and... Another one of my favorite not-so-metal bands, um, Ailstorm, is performing. If you're not familiar with Ailstorm, they are the heavy metal pirates. Um, they sail across literally the sky. Literally every genre. Yeah, yes, li- literally every genre. Pirate metal is a thing. Pirate it, with multiple bands in it. That's the scarier part. Yep. But so, in, in a show where you have Ailstorm and El Wadey and a couple other kind of bands of that ilk, I wish I could remember their name to this day. I... I wish I'd remembered it better, but like, it'd been a couple of years since I'd been really into the Satan metal. One of the most Satan-driven acts I'd ever seen takes the stage in between Ailstorm and El Wadey, and I'm like, you don't know the crowd here. Congratulations, you feel yeah. a little bit out of place. And like, they're going off to, is it time to meet Satan? I'm like, the band before you was wearing kilts. <laughs> You're at the wrong venues, dude. Hail Satan! So, want to hear something hilarious? Sure. So, this conversation is spurring me to, like, look up some of these bands on tour. And at risk of telling you this, because I don't know if I already have something going on that day, but Guar is coming out my way soon. What? So I might have to make that happen. What? When are they coming? Um... The 28th to Worcester. I know um, where I'll be. What? Is that a weekend? You're breaking up. What? Is that a weekend? Uh, yeah, I think. Ooh. Um, it's a Saturday. Yes. Um, they're going out your way, though. Or they're going out to Buffalo 
in no- or That's November not 1st. close to me right now. <laughs> I assume it's closer than New York, New York. I'm currently closer to Montreal than I am to New York right now, for reference. <laughs> Let's see. Are they going to Montreal? They're going to Winnipeg. <laughs> I don't have my passport with me. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sure I want to be around Winnipeg people. Jet they go to Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. I'd go see another show in Calgary. That was a fun town to see shows in. Yep. Um, cool. But I ser- so what spurred all this is I searched El Wadey, and apparently El Wadey is one of the few groups on this planet left that still has a MySpace. Yeah. Um, a lot of metal bands actually still have MySpaces. And they're the self-proclaimed the new wave of folk metal. Oh yeah, that band gets super douchey occasionally, but they back it up <laughs> being a fun band. Like, I I, I love the music of El Wadey. I occasionally want to just beat whoever's in charge of their press releases. It's like we're doing this. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you're no, you're not changing music. Hell, you didn't even invent this anything. shit. Like, Corpacani and Fintroll are things that exist. Yeah. And Fintroll is way older. Yeah. Corpacani was the first band I ever saw in L.A. Really? Yeah. yeah. Literally, it was. I got out there. I think it was, like, the like within the first week I was there. They're like, oh, by the way, we're, we have a tour. And I'm like, I'm not going to see a band. Because I have spent the last four years in fucking Pittsburgh where no one comes to tour. <laughs> I think I saw 100 bands that first year I lived in LA. I was like, I was at a concert venue as constantly as I could be just because it was like, all these bands I kind of like, and the tickets are like $20. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah, times. No, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Well, I think I'll transition this qu- or a question into Is there anyone really notable that you've seen? Like uh, what were what was probably the best show you ever saw? Best show or most notable cuz those are different answers but also maybe same the pole. same answer. Um I've seen Guar, Guar puts on a truly I rarely do bands live up to the hype that is their show that is what surrounds their show. Guar does. I've Guar is fantastic. Um, I've seen Rammstein twice in concert. Like it's it's hard to talk about best metal acts live without going like, are we including Rammstein in this conversation? Because they kind of throw the bell curve off. Like, even if you don't like Rammstein, that concert is something that's like amazing to behold. Mm-hmm. No, like, it, you can give that answer. Yeah, like it's. Like Amon Amarth puts. You're on, also allowed to elaborate as much as you'd like too. Yeah, it's it. There's nothing to elaborate. Like both Guar and Rammstein are two bands known for just out of this world stage shows, and like I've seen both a couple times, and every time it's like, yep, this is just as good as last time, if not better, because now I'm like I'm prepared. I know what's going on, and they still got me. Hmm. Yeah, I. No, when I, I said elaborate, I meant like you could list bands that weren't those two as oh, well. Amon Amarth puts on a fun show. Uh, Bodum always does a surprisingly solid set. I, yeah, I've seen I, them. Bodum's always fun. I like th- that is a ba- I, 
I really enjoy bands that seem to enjoy being bands, if that makes any sense. Like, a lot of bands take the whole metal thing a little too seriously. Like, if there is one metal band I've seen live that, like, definitely seems to be like, holy shit, we're a metal band, it's Bodum. And they've been doing that for, like, going on 20 years now. Like, they just, every time I've seen them, they are just as excited. It's like, holy shit, people showed up. Yeah, we're headlining mm-hmm. this giant festival, but holy shit, people showed up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess of the smaller people, like El Wadey throws a damn fine concert. Like that's for what they are. They're I, that is a band that's good on album. They're it, for kind of their scale and scope. They are way better live than they have any right to be. Arch Enemy is a lot of fun. Like I've seen Arch Enemy a couple times. I, anytime oh, yeah, Arch Enemy's in LA, like me and Jen be. see them. Yeah, they're a fun band. Hmm. Hmm. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's I, I just like going to shows. I, I I'm starting to get to the point where I'm getting a little bit older, so going to shows is a little bit harder than it used to be. But like, yeah. For the most part, the bands I get into enough to actually bother seeing them live typically don't disappoint. Like, in a weird twist, like, one of the few disappointing, not bad, but disappointing shows I've been to was last time I saw Ailstorm. And that's because they're moving away from their whole pirate thing. Like, Heart of the Fun was their pirate thing. Like, you show up to their show, and every fucker there is dressed kind of like a pirate. And it's like, what the fuck is going... That's actually a pretty good story in its own weird way, so... First, uh, Ailstorm comes to LA, me and Jen go to see the show, and I tell her, oh, we gotta dress like pirates, and she goes, why? And I go, because it's what you do for Ailstorm, and she goes, roll the eyes, fine, I'll put a bandana on. We get there, and there's like 12 dudes dressed up as like blackbeard motherfuckers, and like, everyone's there in some level of pirate shit, and she's like, where the fuck did these people come from? Yeah, they... Back when they were more piratey, they were more fun. Now they're kind of this weird, broy party metal. Like, and there's only one person I can tolerate being a broy party metal band, and that's Andrew WK, and that's because mm-hmm. that man has charisma. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to party that bad, but if you told me, like, hey, you can go party with Andrew WK, I'd be like, yeah, I want to go do that. I might die because no man has that level of party except him, but. I want to know what that's like. What is the life of Andrew WK? <laughs> Where you can write an entire song that's just party, party, party and have it sell records somehow. Mm-hmm. Man has made a career. Yeah, no. He has made a career partying. Yeah. That is, with, that is undeniable. Yeah. Uh, What's funny is I was listening to Burt Kreischer, who's a stand-up comedian talk, who's mm-hmm. famous for going out partying and drinking with his fans after shows. And he was talking about meeting Andrew WK, and he was like, oh man, you gotta have a beer with me. And Andrew WK's response was, dude, it's nine in the morning. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I was really hoping you'd live up to like my expectations that like you were also an alcoholic. <laughs> um... Apparently, Andrew WK handles his shit pretty well. Like, man is, like, renowned mm-hmm. for his party, but also, like, being a weird moderate when necessary. Yep. Not fucking destroying yeah. himself. 
man parties responsibly. <laughs> you said that like it was a crazy news article. Later this evening, man parties responsibly. <sighs> to, None hurt. To be fair, the stories I've heard about what Andrew WK partying responsibly are, it's like he only did an eight ball, not two eight balls. Mm. It's cutting back. Fair. Yeah, I... Now, I've been pretty lucky, like, because of work and some other stuff, I've gotten to bounce around and see both metal all over the U.S. and also in other countries occasionally, and, like, th th there's some cool shit. I think every couple of years I threaten that you and me and you should go to, um, walk in open air before we're too old to enjoy it. Uh, that would be a hell of a trip. Yeah. Like, like to put it in a dumb perspective, every year me and Jen threatened to get tickets for that, like, what's it, 10, like, a million tons of metal cruise because we want to see what type of train wreck that is, and it's also like, hey, a bunch of bands we like are playing. Neat. Mm -hmm. What's Cannibal Corpse like on a boat? I want to find out. <laughs> I can't imagine it's simpler to play instruments that way. It's just a party on a boat at that point. It's a big-ass boat. Yeah. I've never been on a cruise before in my life kind of thing. I've... I feel like if I feel I should go on one, but one on like my own terms, where it's like, you could meet celebrities, like everyone from Dropkick Murphys. So those are celebrities I'd like to meet. How about the entire band? How about the entire lineup? Metallica, also okay. How about everyone from Chimera, with a K or with a C? Both. <laughs> I've seen the one with a C live. Yeah. Apparently the one with the K is a smooth jazz ensemble. They're also that. <laughs> They're no party cannon. Yeah, I... No, it's it's weird, because I definitely... I've worked my way backwards just as I've found bands that I consistently dig. Like, it's... Like, Amon Amarth went from a band I was, like, neutral on to Twilight of the Thunder Gods is one of my favorite albums of all time just because it does some... Like, it's a damn solid metal thing, but then it also does some weird shit occasionally. Like, I enjoy it when bands that are super technical or, like, really kind of generic -y metal bands choose to do something weird just once. It's like, that's... That's, that's weird. That's cool. You should do more of that weird. It worked for you. Like, the in, in one of their songs, they drop into it. Um, I think it's Live for the Kill. They They, they go from a pretty heavy guitar refrain right into a string solo, like a cello or like a violin thing, and it works in the weirdest way possible because it's like somehow they transitioned from like pounding force to this like 20-second refrain back into like pounding force, and I'm like, I want more bands to do that. That's fucking cool. Nice. That's everything Elwady does, which is why I like them. Like, how the fuck have we not talked about Van Canto yet, the goddamn acapella metal band? <laughs> oh god, they're terrible, and yet I owned all of their stuff. Why? Because it's weird. I mean, that is the reason to own it all. Yeah. Their version of Kings of Metal is better than Mana Wars. <laughs> Partially because it's really weird hearing a band go acapella saying other bands play Mana War Kills. It just feels out of context with them. Mm hmm Yeah, I've... I've always been drawn to bands that do, like, their own thing. It's like... 
there are many, there are several Viking metal bands out there. Amon Amarth seems to own it a little bit better than other ones, where it's like, no, no, we just found a bunch of Vikings and gave them instruments. That's why the first two CDs are terrible. Hmm. They learned to play eventually, but it took a couple albums. Nah, I, you're much more tolerant of the new metal stuff. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I like Disturbed and Small Dosages and... Seen them live. Yeah. They were I've really always been curious live. about them live. They're really good. I can imagine. Like, they seem like the kind of band that, like, they have their act together enough that's like, no, no, we, we know what we're doing. Like, if there's ever been a metal band that came close to, like, mainstream acceptance since Metallica, it's them, probably. Well, them and Godsmack. See, I think they were... Godsmack had a couple songs that were popular. I think Meta I think Disturbed kind of almost at that Metallica level where, like, you could be a business person and it'd be okay to be a, a Disturbed fan. Mm -hmm. Like, that's also partially a Disturbed in the spectrum of metal was kind of closer to pop music in some weird ways, but, like... Maybe because I'm from the East Coast and yeah. Godsmack gets pushed way harder because they're from yeah. Worcester. I whereas... never liked Godsmack. Oh, I like them. I don't like everything they've done, but I do like them. Yeah. Um, Say so that said, um, Disturbed Live, if there's nothing good that can be said about the the band Disturbed, my fucking God, does Dave Dramian have stage presence. Yeah. That dude can control a crowd and just carry energy. He is amazing. Yeah. That and their musicianship. Like, there's no bad musicians in that band. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a very talented band. Like, yeah, definitely not my favorite, but occasionally they have a song where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, when I, I saw them, they for the beginning of the set, the stage opens and uh, the guitarist, the drummer, and the bass player, so that's Johnny, Tony, and um, Dan, come out on stage, and then the lead singer Dave Dun uh, Dave Dramian, not Dunnigan, um, comes out on you know the Believe logo. I'll pretend to. It's the giant, um, from the album Believe, it's the cover art. It's all the religious symbols from like Wiccan, oh, yeah. Christianity, Judaism, and um, um, uh, Muslim yeah. are all mashed together. He came out on a 15-foot-sized one of those, just starts moving out over the stage, and then it turned around, and then there he was. Huh. And then they lowered him down to the stage, and then for the encore... They went off stage, so you didn't see them. And they managed to somehow get Dave to the center of the whole arena and get him up on this 50-foot pillar, like, above the ground, and then they sang with him in the middle of the, of the room and the band on stage. Like, yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And that was the night I got to see him with... I got to see Disturbed with Chimera and um, Lacuna Coil. Ugh. Their set was the shortest. <laughs> I can imagine... I have nothing for or against said band. Uh, I don't listen to much Italian metal. <laughs> One of my exes was big into Lacuna Coil, so I had to listen to a lot of it. And I went from, yeah, these guys are fine, to no. Hmm. Like, I can listen to Epica, ironically. Lacuna Coil, that's beyond my ability to listen to, ironically. Hmm. God, Epica is terrible. <laughs> Entertainingly terrible, but yeah, 
No, it's... Oh my god. What? Um, so I found something that you're going to absolutely weaponize in the most hilarious of ways. Oh, good lord. What, what, what? So do you remember a game you used to play with the band Duran Gray? I'm once yes. again looking up who are looking up I, bands. I remember uh, our dates. game we played with Duran Gray. So Duran Gray has taken the time to build themselves a website, as you do. And um, they've made links to their individual, like, I guess they've got various endorsements and shit. Um, Please and, tell me they're endorsed by a training bra company. No, 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 it's not that. Um, some of them are guitars and whatnot. So our favorite person to try and people guess the gender of was Shinya, their drummer. Okay, let, let's back up a step before this gets real weird. Um, Duran Gray, when they first came out, had... Um, their Visual K. Hmm. Their Visual K band. Yeah, it, they, they were... Big into that kind of androgynous, leaning occasionally into full gender swap for their outfits. Imagine, and or they were quite good at it. Yes, their bass player had fake boobs for a short period of time. Basically, they looked like an anime or cosplay, except not towards a particular show. Yeah, just, <laughs> just kind of just trying to be cosplay. an anime character. Yeah. yeah. So Shinya has his own official Instagram. And the pictures that are on this are pretty much exactly what you would hope for them to be of, is this a picture of the drummer of Duran Gray, or is this a tween taking pictures of themselves in a mirror in a bathroom with a handbag? <laughs> Try and figure it out. Yeah, I enjoy the opposite end of the spectrum, which is making people listen to um, Arch Enemy and trying to rectify what they're seeing. Uh huh. Listen to the agonist be like, there's one lead singer. Nah, Arch Enemy was so much better in that regard, because at least now, like, the, yeah, what's her name from the agonist? Um, Alyssa Glasgow? Alyssa Whitelus. Glasgow oh. is, uh, that's Angela Glasgow, who was the yeah. original singer. The one from the agonist at least kind of looked the part. The one from Arch Enemy was just skinny, in shape, blonde woman. It's like, yeah. Wait, that came out of her? Mm hmm. Yes. Yes, it did. She swallow Satan? Maybe. <laughs> Jesus, who gave this drummer a bass guitar? <laughs> Ugh, big risk there. Sacrilege. Yep. Yeah, so I find Shinya's yeah. Instagram very funny. The other members of the band do not appear to have Instagrams. <laughs> Even Keo, the lead singer, does not have his... He has his Twitter, but not his official Instagram. Uh the various members of Children of Bodom's Instagrams are pretty good. Yep. Because it's mostly them just taking pictures of each other drunk, passed out. Nice. I mean, that's how you do when you're in that band. Yeah, that's that's what you do. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I had any good metal stories. I think I've told most of them. I The first time I saw Guar, my dad has the funny story of, I, I guess I must have texted him, hey, I'm seeing Guar tonight, like, because... I, my my dad ironically got kind of passively into metal because of me where he doesn't like most bands but a couple bands he's like weirdly into in a wide scoping kind of broad kind of way and as a result at one point like I'm like oh I'm seeing Guar it's like oh do you have to I'm like I'm seeing Guar tonight and he's three hours ahead time zone wise at some symphony thing with my mom and he says my mom oh, I'm about to try seeing Guar tonight and the guy behind him like turns him around and goes 
did you just say your son is seeing Guar? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I'll be the last person to say Metal gets a bad rap. I think Metalheads enjoy thinking Metal has a bad rap, but I've always found it to be an oddly positive and unifying thing. Like, no, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I know where we get a bad rap from. Yeah, and it's all from Sweden. Yeah. Um, Damn, all those black are... metal bands lost in the woods, ruining those park rangers times yeah stop shooting your album covers in the woods guys yep um they're the reason we get a bad rap that said like the metal community in my experience has been genuinely or genuinely like welcoming and like kind um my experience has been pretty much exclusively positive with metal needless to say your results may vary like anything that's populated by people I haven't been to a death metal show lately. I haven't had a spike put through me by accident. Yep. Pro tip, don't crowd surf at a, at a black metal show that allows spikes. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I, there's a video that made the rounds for a little while of like when two metalheads see each other out in public that was like, happiness. It's just the guy's going, nice shirt. Yeah, I... It's weird the number of moments I've had where I'd be like, I'd be just like stuck on a train with total strangers, and I'd have a shirt on, and they'd have a shirt on. It's like, listen to them, yeah, cool. You want to talk about them? Hmm. Yeah, no, metal shirts are conversation yeah. starters. The best one by far is my metal clip shirt because that one gets recognized the most. Yeah, by people who don't even understand what it is. Yep, that's that Adult Swim show. Yeah, that's uh, one of the true. things it is. Yeah. Yes. Technically true. Technically. Yeah. Wish I'd prepped more of this. I'm sure I've dug up some of the weirdest stories I got, but I'm not coming up with anything super funny. I mean, I could say the cool story of the person who introduced me to, or at least got me into kind of post into uh, Motorhead was yourself. That's true. Um, so Charlie sat me down and made me listen to Inferno by... Uh, Motorhead. So good. Very good album. Yeah. Um, that got me into the rest of Motorhead very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I'm very selective. Like even though I like Motorhead, I that's the only album of them I actually like all of it. Like it's like other stuff I'm like, no, I like this song off that, I like that song off that. It's I'm a very picky fan. Yeah. And as much as it I understand it is the charm of Motorhead. The quality drop between like albums and whatnot can be a bit jarring yeah. if you're used to their modern era stuff. That said, a lot of their like biggest songs are extremely well polished. Like if you go and listen to Ace of Spades, yeah, that is a polished fucking track. But then you'll go and listen to something like I don't know, um, Riding with the Driver, which is a song I love, but it is not a polished track. <laughs> yeah, it's got some uh, extra grit on it, not in the good way. Yeah. I would have. I I would love if they could like redo all the. I mean, now you can't because we don't have Lemmy anymore. I so oh. this book I've been reading. They talk about how like there's ways of remastering without replaying stuff. I, I as sad as I am to have Lemmy gone, especially because I never got to see him play live. I yes, make Lemmy's death all about you, Charlie. I <laughs> I, I feel like it's time maybe for them to like go put the time in and really remaster kind of a best of motorhead kind of thing like there's there's collections out there but i'm sure they're like you could put the time and put out a real kind of cleaned up polished version of like the good stuff for them 
Mm-hmm. I think it would do pretty well at this point. Yep. Yeah, no, I'd be down for a remastered greatest hits of Motorhead. Yeah. Still won't beat Metallica's S&M as the greatest album of all time, but... <laughs> is it the best album? No. Is it the greatest album of all time? Yes. <laughs> That's as close as any CD gets to being perfect. Sacrament being a close second. Ha. <laughs> Love that album. I've... I am one of the few people in this world who still owns physical discs yeah, for me most too. of my stuff. I absolutely... I can tell you right now where my copy of Sacrament is. I can, too. In the weirder category of things, in my continuous march backwards through progression, I've gotten into collecting vinyl all of a sudden. I'm sl- Well, partially because a bunch of bands I like are like, hey, um, our collector's editions come with vinyl copies of the CD, and I'm like, I'll buy the version that comes with that. That sounds dumb. I once had, so there's this little, like, underground group. Um, It's a local Massachusetts group called Beware the Danger of a Ghost Scorpion. And they're this really good instrumental, like, horror surf rock kind of stuff. It's it's actually really good. Yeah, it's kind of rockabilly-ish. And um, I don't, or they did one of those, like, um, band camp or whatever it is, where, like, you can pay whatever you want for the album. Sure. And the minimum was like five bucks, and I gave them 20 for each album because to me, you know, that's what CDs cost. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give you the market value for the CD. And it gave me a digital download of it, and I got a personal message from the band like, hey, man, you know, thank you for buying our stuff, you know, really putting gas in the tank. We really appreciate it. By the way, if you give us your address, um, we'd love to send you something. And I was like, all right, I'll bite. And they mailed me two vinyl copies of the digital albums I purchased. That's cool. Which was really cool of them. Like, oh man, you guys are fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so. Metalheads keeping vinyl alive. Why? Because it's cooler looking. Because <laughs> life has surface noise. See, that's pretty much, that's what my barrier to collecting vinyl is. That hasn't stopped me. I... It started off when they released all the Dropkick Murphy CDs on, like, one giant, like, collector's edition of vinyl. And I'm like, I need that in my life, and bought that. And it's been like, well, I already own this. Might as well keep expanding the collection. Yeah. I could use more of Maud and Marth in a format I can't play. Neat. So I should probably tell you, I own the Lamb of God Hourglass con- connect collection. um, Which is when Lamb of God released all their entire discography on flash drives mm. and it comes in a cigarette case. Nice. And I have that and I got that as a like I and when the aliens come and talk about us, I will hold this and say this was a turning point technology that never took off and no one else ever did. Yeah, that's like the time Romstein put out that collector's edition that came with dildos. <laughs> nice. That's a weird ass band I like. What uh, Romstein? No, just, I'm not going through my head of all the weird collector's edition stuff they've done. I'm like, they've done some shit, man. <laughs> well, that's what you want from them. Yeah. I just wish I could get myself to stop buying collector's editions of stuff. <laughs> I own way too much shitty Amon Amarth plastic statue stuff. <laughs> it's a disease. Literally, their collector's editions are the are the metric with which I measure other collector's editions. Like, is this as shitty as Destroyer of the Universe? 
collector's edition was. Yes or no? Hmm? Still have that horrible statue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, any more good stories on this topic or nah? Let's see. I mean, I could mention some like lesser-known acts that I wish got more publicity that if you like similar music to us, I'd say you'd probably enjoy. Go for it. Um, yeah, why not? I'd say probably some lesser-known bands that I think probably are people should listen to more are probably Snot, uh, Nothing Face, and probably I would say... Of the concerts I've seen, probably the best two shows, because I actually, I guess I never answered that. The best shows I ever went to were probably the first time I saw Slipknot, because that was like, I mean, yeah, you, you can say whatever you want about Slipknot. Their live show I, is fucking nuts. Out of respect for this nuts. topic, I'm not going to make fun of Slipknot this yeah, time. But their live shows are fucking nuts. And the first time I saw them was absolutely like, that was like, you know, the whole like metal, like, this is my church, this is my God moment. Um, and then, honestly, my recent show where I went and saw Icon for Hire, where it was like, just the perfect moment of, this whole, this venue holds 500. Yeah, you Weird. fucker, I listen to those guys now, because of you. Ha <laughs> ha. I, I, I don't like them. listening to them, but like, a couple of their songs I find catchy. Oh yeah, no, that that is the problem. Um, I don't like so much of their stuff, but like I'm like, okay, this one's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I, they're on Amazon Music, which is what I use mostly for my music these days. And Same. Like I, I put all their stuff on. They're just weeded out all the stuff I don't like. It's down to like eleven songs, and I'm like, shit, that's enough for a CD slash playlist. Damn it, fuck. Um, because that is not a band I like. <laughs> well, if you ever get the chance to see them live, I do still recommend that, it, even though you've That's the issue. Don't. I would see them just because I'm like, you got to play, play the 11 songs I like, leave the show. They played seven of the 11. I guess that's okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the odds of them playing the songs you like is pretty good because they don't have the time to go through their entire back catalog of everything they've ever written. Yeah, a lot of their backlog's pretty shit, too. <laughs> but, uh, say probably that. Those were probably the two best shows. Um, let's see who else was awesome. Fucking seeing the Butcher Babies was awesome because that <laughs> that that was a fun act. Because literally the uh, lead singer got out onto the crowd, and unfortunately, it was my knowledge of the band went as follows: I had seen one of their music videos, and I told my friends, "Hey, I know you guys probably don't care much about the warm up acts, but there's this one band that's kind of unheard of called uh, the Butcher Babies." And I'd really like to go see them. And this was before they had... This was when only they had their first album. Like, or their first, like, EP or whatever it was. They only had six songs out on disc you could buy. You could huh. not buy their album yet. Um, but they had it... Or they had just released it and they had it with them. Like, they were really new. And I was like, guys, I'd really like to go see these guys if you guys, you know, don't mind humoring me. And we went and they were fucking nuts and uh oh wow actually no this is a fantastic metal story i'm just gonna tell the story in full um but so the lead singer carla the i guess at the moment she's a brunette <laughs> um doesn't she matter. actually got out on stage and like she's singing into the microphone that she held the microphone in my face and i did not know the words to the song at all 
Yeah. And I just like stared back at her and like shrugged. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> um, Time to shine, Jeff. And yeah. you failed. Yep. No, I fell flat. But then afterward, so to go to this show, I was teaching skating in Upper State Vermont. Oh, I remember back when you were doing that. Yeah, I was teaching skating in Woodstock, Vermont, and I had to drive all the way back to Mansfield, Massachusetts for this show. And that is a fucking ride. And then afterward, I went straight back to Vermont. That shit sucked. Um, But I got in line to go. They had a meet and greet with the Butcher Babies afterward. And they're like, yeah, you know, they'll be signing their album and whatnot. And I got myself a t-shirt and an album. Because I was like, holy shit, this... I listened to that album, like, on repeat for the next, like, four days. I absolutely adore their first album, Goliath. And they, uh... We get up there, and I'm talking to the bass player. I'm like, yo, dude, you know, I was watching you. You absolutely cruise through that bass. Like, most guys are there playing root notes, and you're doing none of that shit. You are a fantastic musician. And he's like, dude, thank you so much, and thank you for noticing that. And he's like, totally nice guy. The drummer was kind of a dick, and just, like, signed my album. Yeah, just signed the album and pushed it along. I was like, okay, cool. And so I start talking to the guitarist, and... I'm like, dude, that seven string you have up there in black and white is absolutely beautiful. I have never seen anything. It's equivalent. And uh, Heidi, the blonde girl, turns to me and goes, actually, it's an eight string. And I said, one of these, as my coworker told, put it when I was recanting that story, okay, and now I'm stiff. <laughs> uh, well, sadly, one of the worst bands I ever saw live was they... It was a band that had four guitarists, all of them rocking eight strings, and that oh sound was cool. The rest of the band was terrible, and I'm like, I didn't know you could out Mashuga, Mashuga, <laughs> Mashuga. How to induce carpal tunnel? The band. I, it was this moment. I'm like, I didn't know you could outdo them in the kind of ridiculous number Gent. of guitar chords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's probably one of my highlight ones because I don't have many like meeting band stories, but I've yeah. met, but I've met, uh, I've met Baby Metal and I got my album signed for them by them, and now I have another copy of their album signed because they did a uh, promo with their second album, which oh. is good. It's not as good. Did you see them as part of it or they just no? Cut them they just, stuff? they signed it and they sent it out. Uh. Um. Yeah, but nothing. I need to go see sugar. them again. I'm not thinking about how Meshuggah and Slayer are two of my favorite bands until they start singing. It's like, man, your intros for your songs are so fucking good. <laughs> the opener to The Raining Blood is the greatest song ever written. Mm. I wish I liked the rest of Raining Blood as much as I like, what's it, the first 20 seconds? I can play all that song except for the solo. The opener's better than the solo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Can I think any other good stories on this? <sighs> Probably got some. I'll remember at some other point. Like, oh yeah. shit, that should have been the podcast, but that's how it goes. I've... Yep. Yeah. I'll bolt up right in the middle of the night tonight. Fuck. I've... In kind of not metal things that I find funny as hell to follow, um, Hollywood Undead is playing near where I'm currently living. And I'm oh. like, I should go see them so I can see something truly terrible. <laughs> it's hilarious. Speaking of horrible things from the early aughts. 
Yeah. I'm hoping I saw... It's been a while since I found a new... Actually, the Tengir Cavalry guys were probably the last really kind of crazy band I found, and... Oh, I the Mongolian metal band? Yeah. I Literally every it. genre. I, so, I, if you haven't heard it yet, you should go check out they did an album cover, or a cover album, where it's just them covering other bands' stuff. And it's the weirdest thing ever, but at the same time, I'm like, I needed this. I need your weird twangy version of metal doing, like, Appetite for Destruction. You need to send me that, because I have a snowball's it's chance on Amazon. of remembering and spelling their name again. Yeah. Oh, and I found it, and I'm like, shit, this is a thing? And I'm like, why do I know these songs? Oh, shit, this is a cover album. This is great. Yeah. No, I got in the same way people that are into the weird stuff I'm into. I was briefly a really big um, Apocalyptica fan, and then I found better versions of Apocalyptica. Hmm. Yeah. I saw them when they opened for Romstein. That was a weird show. Hmm. Never saw a man play a cello behind his back on his shoulder before. It was quite impressive. Yeah. I think that probably about does it for this week's topic, though. Yep. I mean, we we deep dove it. We we promised we, we would. I'm not sure there's much depth to our knowledge or experience at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jeff, if you want to uh, say shit talk our taste in music or recommend more bands for us or tell us we're some weak ass, low diving, casual metal fans, how would you go about doing that? Well, I'd say the easiest way is probably just form like a metal band. Just like general, oh, um, fuck I, Jeff and Charlie's taste in music. Yeah, and then um, if you have anything to do with Vikings, you're really likely to have Charlie find it. I don't know. I'm pretty selective about my Viking bands these days. But you um, do find out about them, don't you? I do. So, he, whether or not he'll continue to listen to you, that that that's where the pickiness might come in. Um, that said, basically, if, if you if you form a band around a weird concept like. Genghis Khan or just piracy or I could go for like a Greco-Roman band or something. Yeah, like mm. a, a Roman metal band. That could be something I'd be into. Centurion band. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Locrian. Lots of marching drum beats. That'd be kind of cool actually. Yeah. Why aren't we funding this? I don't know. Um something like that if you want me to listen to it, I emphasize I would say more Japanese J-pop and funk influences. Um the world just needs more K-pop, I guess. Um, and then, once you create this and you overwhelm us with your absurdity, oh, also, alien costumes and fake blood are highly recommended. You'll yeah strongly increase your chances of getting noticed that way. Or small women putting out sounds they shouldn't be able to, or it doesn't make sense that they should be able to, just based on their size and level of not, like, covered in mud. Yeah, you can somehow form and then you need to get a selfie with baby metal because that's what all the metal bands are doing these days Apparently, and then you yeah. make the caption of that what you want your letter to be and because charlie Ooh. might already be following you we might wind up reading it or seeing it because we also follow baby metal pretty heavily and then we might read what you said on this podcast or more simply you can reach us at wicked at gmail.com what's that email alex oh right you're not here <laughs> wickedawesomecast at gmail.com spelled as it sounds etc etc down the show notes um, the link does work I tested it recently I thought it wasn't doing that for a while 
But yeah. We love getting emails. We love answering emails. I'm um, in this time. If you'd like to recommend a main topic for us, we'd be open to that. It's been a kind of a scraping the barrel of main topics lately. We hope they haven't been too bad, but we've been doing this for almost 100 episodes, and occasionally it's hard to think up something on the fly to talk about in depth. Especially because this usually happening. gets solved in a scramble text sent out yeah. the day before recording. We should be more organized. Hey. Honestly, if it goes out the day before, that's organized for us. Yeah, it's done with the morning <laughs> of. <laughs> Everyone do their research? No? Excellent. Talk with authority like you know what you're talking about. Oh, but, we are pro yeah. at that level of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I apologize for the inconsistency of video uploads. I will be on that once I get a chance to not be jet-lagged and not have my professional life on small amounts of fire and or not having me just been relocated across the goddamn country to a place that actually gets winter and has seasons and yeah, up, stuff will be up soon. Don't worry about it. I, I have not forgotten. I feel bad, but life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You got anything else, Jeff? No, I think I'm good. Feels redundant at this point. Do you want to take us out? Absolutely. Cue the fucking melon. <laughs>